Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Romans chapter 13. We're going to be finishing today on the, our subject of the family. And today I want to talk to you in a very practical way, uh, in the way of con- uh, that concerns with your finances. After all, it's already... Uh, a reputation that the preacher is just after your money, so I might as well just get it from you, right? I mean, if, I'm just kidding. No. Now, I'm going to be talking about your finances because one of the, it's one of the biggest strains in a, uh, that can cause, that can be caused, I should say, in your relationship is because of financial pressure. It can really affect, I mean, it, financial pressure has ruined good marriages, you know, um, and just, just overall physical stress sleeplessness, uh, all kinds of fear and anxiety and worries and all kinds of things can stem from financial pressure. And, but, you know, the good thing is, is that the Lord uh, throughout the scriptures has taught us um, much on the subject of, of our finances and upon the subject of money because he knows that it takes money to live your life. It ta- you got to have it, you know. And um, he talked about money more than a lot of things, actually. The, Jesus himself, when he was here, talked on the subject of money quite a bit, more so even than water baptism. Can you imagine that? Because he knows that you know, money is probably going to be a bigger issue in your house than the subject of water baptism, right? Even if there are lots of different beliefs in water baptism, some believe that you sprinkle, some believe that you fully submerge under water. Do you do this in the name of Jesus or do you do this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Uh, what's the right age to get water baptized? There's all kinds of, or, or do you have to be water baptized to go to heaven? All kinds of thoughts and arguments, really ridiculous, over the subject of water baptism. Seems like um, if, if there's a subject that we can fight on as a church, we pick that subject rather than the things that we actually agree on, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, Him crucified, who died for our sins, who was buried, and who rose again from the dead. Huh? That's the number one issue. That's the number one thing. It's on that message, because that message saves people's lives. It does. The gospel is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. And I love the gospel. And there's only one mention of our part in the gospel. You know what our part in the gospel is? That we were sinners. That's it. Christ died for our sins. There we are. But, but, but he died for our sins so that we wouldn't have to die from our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. Praise God. And whoever believes on him will receive remission of sins. Uh, and I'm grateful for that good news. And that's one of the things that we continue to teach here at One Cause Church, that we believe in the power of the gospel so much that we're not ashamed of it. So we're, we don't think that we can add anything to it to make it any better. Now, I grew up in a, in a, in a uh, you know, a denomination that, was, uh, that believed that we needed to add things to it to, just to make sure that people were saved. I can't make sure people are saved. There's no way I can possibly do that. Only God knows that. Only God sees the heart. And, and I can't do anything to add to this gospel. You know, it was usually a process of sitting in a church service and the pastor would call on someone to, if they wanted to be saved, raise their hand so they'd raise their hand. And that wasn't enough. They'd have them stand up. And, and, and once he had them stand up, then he'd have them come forward. And then once they came forward, then he would make sure to pray a, a, what we call the sinner's prayer with them just to make sure they're saved. But we don't see that in the scriptures at all. 
we see to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's that simple. We're not ashamed of that simple message, and we're certainly not going to jack it up and pollute it by our own way of thinking, right? We believe that it is the power of God to salvation, and Jesus is the sole subject of the gospel. He's who we put all of our trust in. We do not trust in our own efforts. We don't trust in how many times we go to church. We don't trust in how often we read the Bible. We don't trust in how often we do good deeds. And hopefully at the end, Lord, hopefully the good outweighs the bad. No, that's not how God works. That's how religion works, but that's not how this gospel works. That's not how grace works. Uh, We're fully trusting. I'm here on judgment day. The scripture says we can stand boldly in the day of judgment before God. Why? Because it's not by our works of righteousness. He did, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, did what I could not do, right? He saved me from my sins, and I'm here as a testimony to his saving power. Amen. Aren't you grateful to God for Jesus? Huh? Boy, let that take the pressure off. So now, why do we do the good things that we do? Not so that we can go to heaven, but because we're going to heaven. Amen. Because we have the blessing of God on our lives, because we are children of Almighty God. Amen. I thank God. And I'm a son of God today. I thank God that he brought me into his family. That he, he adopted me into his family. Put his spirit in me. And his spirit every day is living in you. And he is giving witness to your sonship or your daughtership. That being said, let's go to Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Owe no one anything. Say those words with me if you would. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. So what this is saying is the only good debt is the debt of love. Hmm? The debt of love. So you want to eliminate debt from your life. Do your part as a good steward of the things that you have, and as you believe and expect God's help, he is willing and able to do miracles in your financial world. You know, one of the things to do is to check, to do what you can in the natural, and that is to check your financial temperature. You may be experiencing things right now in your finances that are not God's plan for you. God's plan for you is not lack. It's not pressure, financial pressure. It's not debt. That's not his plan. He came to prosper you. He came to give you life and abundance in this life. This is his plan for your life. Amen. He loves you very much. But you may be experiencing things right now, as I said, that are not God's plan. Some of your regular phone calls are from debtors. Or your bills that come in the mail may have the past due stamped on them on a regular basis. You struggle with the Bible's instructions on giving, you know. It's difficult for you to swallow and sometimes it might even make you angry. I've been there. Your regular language of your house is, we can't afford it. These are, these are problematic things. Is it okay if I kind of just come right into your life with you? Is it okay if I step in the living room of your life today? Because I'm, I'm telling you this because I need to hear this myself. You know, we all need to hear these things. Um, but these are signs that things aren't really going very well. It may even affect your health. It might stress you out. Maybe it is causing sleeplessness. And you can't seem to think straight. You find yourself maybe you tend to be jealous toward others who get a promotion, you know? You see them going forward or, or if they've come into a financial blessing, you find yourself struggling with that rather than rejoicing with them and celebrating that. 
I'll, I'll take your silence as maybe I'm talking to you a little bit, but um, financial pressure can, can bankrupt you of joy and peace uh, and, and keep you down, weighed down in fear and anxiety. It's just not God's plan. And we have to remember to see money for what it really is. It's simply a tool, okay? You are stewards of that tool. And um, you came into this world with how much? Zilch. How are you going out of this world? Right? So while you're here, while we're here, we're here to be good stewards of what God puts in our hands, hmm? the things that God brings in our life for his pleasure and for his purpose. And so when you make those purposes about you, that's when you really go into failure. Um, God has good reasons for you and I prospering and living in this blessing. Do you remember when I talked to you about the blessing of Abraham upon your life a couple of weeks ago? The blessing of Abraham, how important that blessing is to say, I have the blessing of Abraham. Well, what does that mean? I don't know, but I sure like the sound of it. We need to know what that actually is and that you've been blessed with the blessing of elevation. Remember, he said, Abram of God Most High. That is, God Most High, uh, meaning the El Elyon. That's the Hebrew word for God Most High, El Elyon, which means the God of elevation. See, you are so-and-so. You are Tony of elevation, Tony of the God of elevation. Isn't that awesome? So this, this, this helps us keep understand that our lives need to be seen as those that belong to God, those that are on top and not underneath, those that are victorious and not victims, because we are of God, the God of elevation. Amen. Uh, you also are a possessor as well. We talked about the, the, your confession is your possession. We call those things that be not as though they were. So it's so important that we put the right building material in our mouths that we use, we speak words that build life, that bring life, that bring peace, that bring joy, that promote blessing in our lives. And God has given us plenty of good words to say in his scriptures. I will bless, and God told Abraham, and he's telling you this today, as a child of God, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. That's why we do not cower, we do not cower to religious kind of thinking and praying. Lord, I don't ask for much. I just pray you bless me and mine. We, we just so humbly come before you, blah, 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 blah. No, that's not, that's not, no, 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 no. This is not the kind of life you're called to live. Because if you're here to pray, Lord, just bless me and mine, then all you're doing is praying for you and yourself. So that's a terribly selfish thing to do. Say, Lord, bless me in such a way that I can bless others. I know that this blessing is on my life and you, God, have the ability to increase me in such a way that now I am a continual conduit of the blessing of God. It comes to me. It comes through me. Make my life big in your blessing. Hmm? Now we're doing something. Because the truth is, as children of God, as human beings in this earth, how can we really accomplish much if we're broke and we're sick? How much can we really get done? No, that's why he said, I want you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Yeah. This is part of what this gospel message has brought to us. No doubt he has saved you from hell. Thank God for that, that he has, he has given us heaven to look forward to. It is our home. Thank God. But that's not everything to this salvation. So you have a life to live right now on this earth, and you need God's help in this life. 
And he has given you the ability, has given you such an inheritance to enjoy in this life right now that helps reflect what you're going to in heaven. And he's given you access to experience heavenly things here on earth. That's why Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Huh? So we can pray bold prayers. So pray in such a way that it kind of scares you to pray that way. Then you're just starting. Amen. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, he said to them, Take heed and beware of, the covet of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Man, does that go against the system of this world or what? Jesus says one's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. But the way of this world is, is to collect things, right? Our life is consisted of collecting things, to, to build an empire, if you will, right? To collect things, to collect wealth, to collect uh, possessions and things like that. And, and, and in some ways, we think that that that's, is a representative of the measure of the person that we are, the measure of our success, but Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I want you to notice he did not say where your heart is, your treasure will be there. He purposefully said where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You invest something of value into something long enough, your heart follows. Hmm? Your heart follows. And, you know... I, that, that's one of those verses that I've said before. One of those verses you read and then you go, God, I wish I hadn't read that. <laughs> Can I just be honest? Like, I don't like that verse. That's just too honest. It gets way too much under my skin. That one that says, turn the other cheek. No. Why can't it just say, punch the guy back twice as hard as he hits you? Why? Now, that's real. Now, that, I would love that verse if it said that. But it doesn't say that. It says, turn the other cheek. But, you know, no matter how much I don't like it, God's not going to change his mind. Hmm? Amen. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Oh, Lord. When I look at my bank account, I see that my heart is in every restaurant in town. I don't, <laughs> I don't ever want to... I don't ever want to spend in such a way that I'm limited. Listen to him. I'm limited in what I can give to the Lord. Yeah. I had a friend years ago, CL. He told me, he said, for a long, <laughs> he said, for a long time, whenever I went to church, he said, man, I didn't have any issues singing the songs. I was in it, man. I would be worshiping the Lord. I was one of those who would even raise my hands. You know, I didn't care what people thought. I, was, I worshiped the Lord and was expressive. He said, but something happened whenever it came time for the offering. All of a sudden, like I went deaf. It's like I just, my ears would just like shut off and I would just freeze up. And then when they pass the offering plate, and then, and then once that was over, this miracle happened. All of a sudden, I, I, once that bucket passed me, I could hear again. He's like, I would just like loosen up. See, the greatest for you to, greatest way for you to access the blessing of God, where he said, I will bless you and you'll be a blessing, is your connection to the house of God. You've done really well in being connected here today and being here. And part of our connection is found in our giving because life is bigger than us. I mean, we'd all like to think that when we die, the world's going to stop, but it's just not going to, right? It's going to keep spinning. Life keeps going. And this is why you need to know the greater purpose in your existence. You being here, you are individual members of a body. 
the body of Christ. It means you're part of something much larger than yourself and much, something that's going to last much longer than even your own lifespan. Every member of Christ's body is vital. Turn to somebody and tell them, you are vital. You are important. Yes. Everyone giving, everyone doing their part causes the body to be nourished and grow. As I've, as I've told you before, when you're not here, we miss out. When you're, when you're not here, you miss out too. Because we are all so integral to the, to the body of Christ, then when you're not here, somebody doesn't get to receive something, and then you don't get to receive something either. We're all giving and receiving from one another. All right? This is what causes promotion to the body. So it's a real healthy reason to be in church, a good reason to be in church. Amen. Just common sense says, give your treasure, therefore your heart, to what God is doing and, and what he's building. God is building lives. God is building his church. Amen. So I want to encourage you to then take a look at, take an honest look at, and maybe you're already really good at this and I commend you for that, but take a, take a good look at your finances. Where is your money being spent? And I can guarantee you this, most of the time, if you look over the last three months, just of your bank statement, all right, you'll find places that you didn't have to spend money that you did, and you can find ways to collect your money quicker than you thought you could, all right? Just some simple adjustments. Is it okay if I talk about this? Uh, you look over the things that you have to have and the things that you want to have, you know? Do what you have to do so that you can do what you want to do. Make a stand to be a giver. Commit to it. Not in the moment, but for life. You know, as I said before, Heather and I committed 25, well, we've been married 25 plus years now, going on 26. August will be 26, so 25 and a half years ago that we'd be in church today. We made that commitment that long ago that today we'd be in church. That's the kind of commitment I'm talking about. If you decide Sunday morning, if you make that, that the, the, the time when you're going to go to church, that you're going to decide, there's a very good chance you're not coming. Right? If you're deciding, but if you decide today that from now on that's where you're going to be, then you don't have to ask the question. It's already, you already have the answer. All right? I think that I know this helped us. This helped us immensely. And we decided to make our commitment like that. And so if it's in the moment, most of the time it's not going to happen. It just has to be a, a, a commitment because that decision, that commitment has reaped big dividends in our finances when we decided we were going to be givers. And sometimes that was not an easy thing. So sometimes that, our act and that commitment was difficult. It was challenged at times. But God has proven to be faithful time and time again. He has never, ever, ever, ever failed us, ever. So as, as believers, as those who are called to this house, I want to encourage you to, as part of the family, to be part of the giving family. You know, we have the attending family. I'm grateful that we have attending family because I have somebody to preach to. I have somebody to talk to, somebody to worship with, somebody to pray with. We have good things. Uh, there's also the serving family. There are those who are here who roll up their sleeves and they do the work of the ministry. You know, they're taking care of our babies in the nursery, our kids in kids' church. They're serving incredible coffee over at the coffee shop. Shout out to Danielle. Um, uh, also, our, they're, they're opening the front doors, right? Our greeters. They're running the, the, the uh, sound and the lights and the computer up on the... See that name right there? Somebody put that up there. I didn't do that. So they did that. So thank you for that. Anyway, they're bringing up the scriptures and the, the song lyrics on the screen. They're bringing the music here on the stage. 
I don't want to leave anybody out. Who am I leaving out? Huh? Larry and Benny. They're cleaning this place, right? You know when they've been here because you walk in and you smell fabuloso. Like, I love that purple stuff. <laughs> smells good. They always do such a good job. But, I mean, these are people who are serving, right? But how many of you know that there would be no attending family, there'd be no serving family if there wasn't a giving family? You know? So when all of us are, are sharing in that, the Scripture teaches to, to bring our offerings, bring our tithe to the store, so that there may be meat. That is something to eat. And we're talking about spiritually speaking. How many of you know it's not right that somebody else is paying for your lunch every Sunday and you're not doing anything? Is that okay if I say that? Okay. I, I'm, it's, amen. We bring our gifts into the storehouse that there may be something to eat. And since that blessing of Abraham is upon us, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, grandfather, father, and grandson, all tithed. This is long before any law came about that said they needed to tithe. They did it because they had faith in God. It was what the family did. So Abraham set his family up with financial success through being a giver. And Isaac followed right along in those footsteps. And wow, did he find great success. And then Jacob followed right along in those same steps. And boy, did he have a great life. Hmm? It's just blessing kept going from generation to generation. I'm going to finish with this. All right. Go to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom or into your life. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, I want to just kind of break some of these words down. Good measure means surpassing measure, which means you can't measure it. This is the kind of the good measure, okay? This is what comes back when you give. All right? Press down. That means, how many of you ever raked leaves and then filled trash cans full of it? What do you do? You got to get as much out of that trash bag as you can, right? So you get those leaves out and you press them down, right? So that you can get more. This is what we're talking about, to pack it down. Or if you don't want to take the trash out yet. <laughs> Push it down. Hey, it's like I never, like, I just took it out. Awesome. So you pile more stuff in there. That's what this is talking about. Shaking together. All right, uh, to shake thoroughly of a measure filled by shaking its contents together. Some, sometimes also with the leaves as well. You, you shake that bag until it all settles down so you can get as much content in there as possible and then running over to pour out beyond measure. Look at the promise. Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. All right, give, and this is what it unlocks you, unlocks to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Wow. So the measure isn't so much in how much you give as much as it is how often you give. All right? Not so much in how much you give, but how often you give. That measure is found in your heart. Amen. So I want to encourage you to one way. Maybe you're in a, in a place financially that things are really difficult. Let me encourage you to do something that kind of goes, goes against the grain, kind of unconventional. Because this is the way the kingdom of God works. Dare to sow a seed. Amen. Dare to sow a seed. Whether it's in, in, in church or to bless somebody else, just do it. And, and see what happens because the Lord w- wants to help you. But your giving is the way that gives him access to help you financially. 
All right, when you show him, Lord, I'm willing to give, even though this works against even the grain of my normal thinking and, and doing, I need your help. And so what you're saying in this is that this is not everything to me. He's everything. All right, so I'm going to release this, which sometimes has a hold on me, so that I can truly have God as the source of my finances. The God is my provider. He's my strength. This isn't everything. This money that I have in my life is not everything. He's everything to me. And so when you give, then that lets God in on your finances. Finances, Amen. And he will bless you abundantly. I'm telling you this as somebody who has experienced this firsthand and continues to. My wife and I have been highly blessed by being givers. It, it has changed our lives. It has changed our lives. And I know it will do It'll change yours too. And the Lord wants to do so much for you in the way of finances. He, have, he has big plans for you. Hmm? Big things in store for you, not only for you, but through you as well to be a blessing to others. Amen. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for every family that's represented here. Lord, you know every situation here. You know the financial situation. Maybe there are some here under great duress and stress and strain and worry, Lord. I thank you right now that you are a very present help in times of need. And Lord, you know what to do. You are the way, so there is always a way. And I pray, God, that you would help them, reveal yourself to them in this way, that you are the God of more than enough. You are the one who is able to bless them, who has the power to bless them. You are their all-sufficient sustainer. And I thank you, Lord, that as they decide in this moment, just in, in between you and the Lord, say, Lord, I need your help in, in my finances. So I, I'm opening my heart to you, and I'm, I'm choosing today, committing to you to do it your way. I need your help, and I thank you that you are a very present help. Lord, you're able to bring supply and resources in from anywhere. And I thank you, Lord, that as they take bolder steps in giving, Lord, as they release this apprehension to give, this hesitation to give, but Lord, as they press forward in it, I thank you, Lord, that they quickly see, oh my God, what was I afraid of? Quickly see the turnaround. Quickly see, Lord, what God is able to do. He's able to make all grace abound to you that you having all sufficiency in all things have an abundance for every good work. We thank you for that. I declare over, over these precious families today, no evil shall befall them. No plague shall come near their dwelling. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Every tongue that rises against them in judgment, they shall condemn. I thank you right now. I declare that they are debt-free. Not only debt-free, but Lord, living in abundance in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, for supernatural debt cancellation. I've seen it in my own life, Lord. I know it happens, and I know it will happen for them. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for health in these bodies as well. If you're here today and you're struggling with health in your body in any kind of way, just raise your hand where you are. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you right now. You see these hands? You sent your word, you healed them, and you delivered them from their destruction. I declare over them right now, every tissue, every cell, every fiber of their being will be made whole and operate and function at peak proficiency. It is by his stripes that we are healed. As we took your, 
uh, the Holy Communion this morning, Lord, as we partook of that, you said, this is my body which is broken for you. Broken for you how? Why? Because so that your body would be made whole. His body was broken. Your body is healed now in the name of Jesus. Free, delivered from every form of sickness, infirmity, disease, calamity, pain in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.